iPhones with Fortnite installed on them are being sold for as much as $10,000 on eBay. Oh, boy. Everyone, everyone's been following this thing. Epic Games, Apple, you know that there's been all kinds of controversy. Some might even call it beef. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. And, and, and what it's meant is that people started to panic. Fortnite fans, Epic fans, Unreal fans, Spotify fans. Anybody involved in this beef, fans fans. Mm-hmm. Fans of fans. That's what they do. I realized after I talked about this enough times, I came to realize, Will, that nobody's talking about the gamers themselves. Nobody's talking about the kid who has an iPad and loves playing Fortnite and has all kinds of skins and V-Bucks and won't be able to get the next season. Yeah, the injustice on their part. It's weird because they spent so much money. They may not have even heard this story yet because they're sitting around. They still have the game. The game is still functioning. Mm-hmm. And next thing, their pals on PlayStation or on the PC are going to be booting up that next season. And they're on the iPad or they're on the I- iPhone. I don't know. Do kids have iPhones? And they can't yeah. actually play it. Like, Mom. And they can... What, what they, or, or, or if somebody uninstalled it by accident or particularly on ios this issue obviously even though it's out of the play store on android there's other ways around it but so anyways certain people have taken it into their own hands i suppose to try to solve this issue whether they have the game want the game miss the game are worried about the game but one thing to know with these listings on on ebay for 10 grand there's a couple four grand there's actually people watching these auctions this is insane one thing to note, it's not like those phones are going to be able to get updates. You're still mm-hmm. going to be stuck playing whatever former season it is. Mm-hmm. So this is, is that even that good? Like, I don't, that's, that seems very bizarre to me. Now, granted, keep in mind here, Will, the way this eBay stuff works. Some of these people, just they just set this price. They're just going to leave it there. Yeah, until one day it gets purchased. Yeah, they, I mean, they don't really expect to sell it necessarily for $10,000. However, there is a post uh, just below there. $4,300, and that one has 20 watchers. And it says on that listing, something about the bids. Let's see, where was that? Two bids. That one has actual bids on it. Now, I don't know if they're legitimate bids, but apparently that one has two bids. What? That's an iPhone 8 Plus. Mm. I don't know. That might be sketchy. But anyways, this is an actual thing that's happening right now. People are posting their old iPhones. The iPhone at the top with the $10,000 asking price is an iPhone 10. Mm-hmm. $10,000 for an iPhone 10. Mm. You'd think you'd at least want the latest, <laughs> something close yeah. to the latest if you're spending 10 Gs. So a quick recap on this. Fortnite is completely out of the Apple App Store. There's a huge coll- collision taking place between app developers and Apple, and Epic is sort of leading the charge. There seems to be... I mean, there's going to be a whole thing that plays out in court determining whether or not there's a future for Epic at all inside of the App Store. Currently, there's no real workaround. The game still does work on iOS as it stands, but there will be absolutely no updates. There's been a threat from Apple to completely cancel Epic's developer account, which would then also impact every single game that's built on the Unreal Engine. And um, I don't recommend you buy one of these phones. No. I do not recommend you spend $10,000 for this. I can't promise it's going to work for very long. Unless you're just going to put it on a shelf as some sort of collector's item. Because mm. you need to know somewhere in uh, on a shelf somewhere Fortnite Mobile exists. See, that's the other thing I don't understand. Mm. For ten grand, Will, you could buy a PlayStation. All the consoles. And oh. a good <laughs> PC. You know? and just or, or an Android phone. Yeah. A, a Samsung Galaxy device. Download the APK. You don't even need to. to. As, as I'm going to talk about in an upcoming story, you don't even need oh, to go okay. to the APK. Oh. It's it's real easy on the Android side, on s- certain Android devices. Mm. So I don't... Very bizarre. But this happens all the time on eBay. You get these r- really uh, bizarre asking prices and behaviors around things that are perceived to be limited, things that are perceived to be scarce. 
Yes. And I can tell you many a story, Will, about my old eBay days. Because I've been around eBay. Yeah. And my old my old days prior to that, even just waiting in some of those lines as a youngster, mm. those consoles and whatnot. I probably told the story here before, but anyway, there's over a hundred listings currently of resellers, various iPhone models. All you have to do is go on eBay and search Fortnite iPhone and uh, and check out your options. Mm. All right. You can probably do better than ten thousand dollars. All right, well, we have uh, another sponsor today because this show is very professional and this show is taking off. This show is taking over the world, hmm. but only in the best way. Yes. And today's sponsor is a near and dear. It's DoorDash. And DoorDash, funny enough, I'm using all the time. I'm ordering the food. I'm eating the food. I'm sitting on the couch. It's an incredible exchange. And you won't believe that you won't believe what you're getting on DoorDash. What do you get on DoorDash? So I'm, I'm glad you asked. Yeah. Because you might think, okay, you can get a burrito on DoorDash. Yes, yes, of course, many choices for burritos. You might say to yourself, you're going to get a burger on DoorDash. Okay, fine. You're right about that too. Hmm. But you know what I've been ordering off DoorDash? What's that? Bubble tea. Oh. I've been ordering bubble tea off DoorDash. Beautiful. Really? Uh, uh, ice cold. Easy to transport. Uh-huh. And so I've been getting uh, some cha thai on the DoorDash. There it is right there. There it is right there. <laughs> 4.8 stars. And you know, I'll go for a classic. Just Which to, one? Just, just, oh, no, no. I'll, I'll do the roasted milk. Oh, okay. I'll do the roasted milk. Now, I don't know. You, you probably don't have cha thai in your neighborhood, but check the listings for the bubble tea. You'd be surprised what you can get on there. Yeah. DoorDash, depending on where you're located, uh, DoorDash available... All over the place. 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia. National restaurants, you got Chipotle, Wendy's, Cheesecake Factory. Or in my case, you got the bubble tea spot as well. And the burritos and all the rest of it. You get a Philly steak sandwich as well oh, if you're really hungry. Beautiful thing. And uh, so anyways, I, I use DoorDash all the time. Very excited to have them as a sponsor for this show. You're going to try the app. If you're listening to this, because you're going to catch a deal right now, because you're watching Lou later, you can get $5 off and zero delivery fee on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code Lou later. Imagine that, Will. You get to support this show and you get $5 in your pocket, whether it's whether you want to get, uh, whether you want to try to bubble tea or you just need to get some chicken wings. I don't, whatever you want to do. It's right $5 because you watch this show and support the show. And all you got to do is enter the code. You can't forget the code is Lou later. And this is available in the app stores, by the way. DoorDash. Yes. <laughs> you get DoorDash in any of the app stores. Oh, yeah. Whether it's Android, iOS. Don't forget to use the code Lou later. $5 off. Shout out to DoorDash and Bubble Tea. Now I feel like I got to order one up right now. Getting thirsty thinking mm. about it. Here we go. How to safely install Fortnite on Android. Now that it's been removed from Google Play. So this is the flip side of the coin. And I covered this in a previous video, but I realized I didn't go into great detail about how exactly, if you're on Android, you're going to do the thing. Mm. Because a lot of people are nervous when they hear the letters A, then P, then K. Mm. You say A, P, K, people start. You see, they look left, they look right. That's Just like when you do. cross the street when you're a kid. Yeah. And your mom says, you got to look left and right. So you say APK and people do the same thing. They think, is this going to be safe? Hmm. Which is fair. And truthfully, not all the sources in, uh, are, are, of APKs are safe. A lot of, it could be malicious things going on. Yeah. And, I, what's sorry. that? Go ahead. <laughs> Did I tell you the story that uh, my phone almost melted because I downloaded uh, an APK? What? Yeah. You're, it, you're dropping news like this on the show without clearing I it mean, in advance? It's incredible. Yeah, now that you mention it, um, it was like a mobile game. And then it was, I guess it was some sort of development uh, wow. version. And it wasn't compatible at all. But somehow it just overheated my phone. Crazy. Yeah. So Crazy. that's yeah. not necessarily malicious. Maybe it was just some sort of problem. It doesn't matter. The point being is there's a reason why even Google devices sort of ask you if you want to enable the ability to install applications from alternative sources. Mm. So there's obviously the piece, which is, where's our 30%? Mm. 
yeah. first off. And then second, there's the piece of, we don't know what you're going to install. Mm -hmm. And they're both there and they're both relevant. But I like to have the option, a guy like me and a guy like you. Yeah. We like to have the option to do it. Now, there are some safer ways than going to some random APK repository, although we've all done it at times. Desperate times call for desperate measures. Mm. We all know. So step one, do you have a Samsung phone? If you have one of these guys right here, Will, that's, the, that's not the right one. This one. If you have one of these guys right here, see, I got too many phones laying around. The Note 20. That's the, that's the Note 20 Ultra. Don't forget the Ultra part. The Ultra, right. Look at that. With the new, uh, the new Later Case Cyber Edition on it. Cool. Go check that out, latercase.com slash cyber edition. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I I'm sorry if I wasn't no. I wasn't delicate enough. But the case, Expensive. you know, no the case. Anyway, if you have a Samsung phone, which there are many of them out there, all you have to do is head to the Galaxy Store. The app is already there on your phone. If not, put the app back on or re-enable the app. Head to the uh, the Galaxy Store and download the Epic Games Launcher. Okay. By the way, shout out Nine to Five Google for putting it all in here. The Epic Games Launcher is then going to give you the ability to download Fortnite and some other game called Battle Breakers. But uh, you're probably going to go for Fortnite at this moment. It's available for all the flagships, S20, Note, Note 10, Note 20, uh, even the A series. So I don't know if it's going to be on every single Samsung device. Maybe if you go back, some of the older ones, it might not pop up. But at least for the uh, high-profile models, it should be available. There's also a direct link inside of this article if for whatever reason it doesn't show up in the search results. But that's step one. If you have a Samsung phone, this is straightforward and easy. And as much as Google might not like it because they don't get their 30 points, it's a relatively official way of downloading Fortnite and maintaining Fortnite hmm. updates, whatever, on Android because you are still in some sort of a store. Right. It's one of the advantages on the Android side. Now, if you don't have a Samsung device, which is a whole... A whole uh, and, and a whole nother number of people. Yes, a lot of people. You're you're gonna need to go the APK route, but you do not have to head to your usual APK mirror type sites. Mm. You can go to Epic's official website. So all you got to do on your smartphone or tablet is go to Fortnite.com/Android, and from that link, you'll download and install the Epic Games Store APK which is similar to the thing that you're going to get on from the Samsung store that you would download there. And then you know it's from the official source. Then you know you're getting it from Epic. Now, your device will still prompt you. It'll say for your security, your phone is not allowed to install from unknown apps from this source, etc. And that's going to scare some people. But because you know where you got it from, you're going to just click Settings, Enable, and install. Now, at the end, after you're done, you may want to disable installing from third-party sources in case you're worried about, I don't know, some nefarious activity, some mm -hmm. other stuff getting installed. You can disable it after the fact. It's not hard to do. And then you'll have your Epic Games. And then you'll have your Fortnite. Right. And Epic Games will be very happy. Google, I don't know. But the beauty of this is they can't really do anything about it. Yeah. Well, I guess they could close off the ability to install from other sources, but then I can do it anytime soon. It's an important feature for us, us uh, people over here on Android. Yes. I would say. So hopefully that remains open-ended and, and you can do this instead of buying a $10,000 iPhone 10 on eBay. There you go. If you, if you choose to. Or you can just wait for App, Apple and, and Epic to sort it out. Or you can just not care because you don't even want to play Fortnite, which there's plenty of people in that camp as well, mm -hmm. which is a thing I've seen in the comment section. They say, I don't even care about Fortnite, so do what you want, Apple. Yeah. They don't see the big, they got to see the bigger picture. There's they want to see the drama, really. There's more to the story, though. Yeah. You know, what I'm trying to say here, Will, is even if you're not a massive Epic fan or even if you're not a gamer, the implications for the whole ecosystem, mm -hmm. for the whole App Store concept, for the whole uh, technological atmosphere, for the whole mobile phone industry. Yeah. It's all in there. So you got to care a little bit. You got to pay attention. It uh, could affect you in, 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 in a different way eventually. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Apple, they're kind of they're kind of worth a lot of money. Well, they are, yeah. They're kind of worth uh, somewhere around uh, two trillion dollars. The market value just hit two trillion. You know that stock's been kind of climbing. Mm. No matter what anybody says, Apple gonna climb. 
No matter what anybody says, Tesla going to climb. Tim Cook's not upset about it. He's a billionaire now. Well, the company is now a trillion dollars in market capitalization, which that's the first company to achieve that milestone. Well, here it says the first U.S. company, but I believe it's the first company. Two trillion bucks. I remember one trillion. It's like, whoa, we're talking trillions now. Yeah, it was like Amazon and Apple. We're talking two trillion now. Yeah. So they passed the uh, Aramco, I believe. Can we get an Aramco? I think they're number two. They're close to two trillion. Get an Aramco stock price. Oh, not Ramco. You need an A in front of that. We're talking about the uh, the oil stock. There you go. You got it. It's it's already suggested to you. They're like, what do you type in Ramco? What am I doing? Oh, see, the problem here is there's a lot more actual volume of stocks out there. You need to do a Ramco market cap. Look at this business. Look at how business we are. There we go. No, nope, that ain't it. Valuation. How about that? Come on, Google. Oh. Yeah, you'll you'll get it for valuation, I bet. No, we still we get stock price. You gotta scroll down. Imagine that. How valuable is a Ramco? Two trillion? Two trillies? Is there a total? There's a total. There's always a total. Actually, if you go back to the previous page and you just go down, scroll down, how valuable is a Ramco right there? There you go. June 2019, net income of $100 billion. Uh, on the 4th, it, Apple Inc. surpassed Aramco in market value, making it the most valuable company. I know they go back and forth. Last number I saw for them was around $1.8 hmm. Uh, But they go back and forth a little bit, depending on energy prices around the world and Apple's stock price. You see that total asset figure is no joke, though, either. It's too many digits for me to actually read to you right now. Hmm. But either way... Apple is up there. It's big time stuff for Apple. They passed the $2 trillion mark for the first time ever. And it's all happened very, very quickly. Just over two months ago, Apple became the first U.S. company to reach a market capitalization of $1.5 trillion. Mm. Just two months ago, Will. Oh, let's just add a quick half trillion. Yeah, yeah. let's just add a quick <laughs> half trillion in a couple of months because it's no big deal. Apple's share price has more than doubled since its low point five months ago. Like I said, you had that iPhone SE. Numbers looked okay, even with the global crisis. People got excited about tech. Everyone's into investing. Mm -hmm. I swear that's what it's about. Everybody's sitting at home, bored. They're like, I should have some Apple stock, probably. Yeah, why not? Couple of couple of shares in Apple, because I'm sitting here. What else am I looking at? Oh. I got to do something with my life. Tesla and Apple. I mean, wouldn't you? If all of a sudden I said, Will, this is this is it's a wrap over here. We've got to be at home for the next 12 months. You'd be sitting there saying Just instant stock trader. Yeah, I feel <laughs> like it. I'd feel like I would do that. Yeah. And and you're gonna look at the brands that you know and that you're familiar with and that you've seen innovate historically and that you've seen do well historically. Mm -hmm. Because the history often often is the best indicator you have for the future. Mm-hmm. What may or may not happen, it happened before, maybe it'll happen again. So you take whatever you got, you start trading a few things around. All of a sudden you put volume in, all of a sudden you put hype in, and all of a sudden you mix it together. Mm -hmm. And like you a got stew. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's a stock stew. There you go. Which is interesting because they call it stock. Yeah. Like a beef like stock is or stock. or a chicken yeah. stock or whatever is what you start the soup with. Hmm. I mean, I wasn't going there, but it's weird that we got there. Now, even with that enormous valuation, we got some people. Here's a writer on Barron's, Eric Savitz. He says, Apple is spending dramatically below peers on innovation. So he says, I don't care about that stock price. I want to see him spending more on R&D, research, development. Can't just sit there and ride on the train that got you there you gotta put fresh fuel in there will yeah sure the turn the momentum i'm on board the momentum only takes you it's nice to have momentum yeah nothing wrong with that you're already moving in that direction but at some point you got you got to put some fuel on the flame more thrust yeah you got a thrust yeah you nailed Going. it anyway here's the thing it's a weird article because I'm reading through it and I realize, okay, so uh, Apple is spending, uh, what do they say here? Something like, something like, 
how many billion? 7% of revenue. R&D growth has outstripped revenue growth by a factor of three since 2012 and now amounts for 7% of revenue. However, nonetheless, uh, uh, Apple continues to underspend its peers. He thinks comparisons with rivals argue for spending 10% as opposed to 7 for research and development. By the way, I should mention this uh, article, the writer of this article, Eric Savitz, is different from the analyst being cited and quoted within the article itself, who is uh, an analyst by the name of Sa Sakanagi. Okay? Can we just get that together? We don't, we don't want to misquote anybody here. Apple has spent just 2% of free cash flow on mergers and acquisitions since 2012 versus the 25% of free cash flow that peers spent on deals. So they're also not acquiring companies. You know how you hear about companies acquiring companies? Mm. You never hear, very rarely you hear about, I mean, they bought Beats and every so often it'll be someone in the, they'll buy somebody in the augmented reality space or something like this, working on those glasses and whatever else. But you feel that, you feel like, hey, they got these cash reserves. What are they sitting on? I mean, they got half a trillion in cash flow. I don't know what it is. Hmm. They got a giant, they got an enormous pile of cash. You'd say, why don't you go out there and do something with it? But Apple has preferred historically to give that money back to the investors or to do the buybacks on the stocks. They've taken a different approach from others. Hmm. Anyway, there's a fear that if you don't invest enough into innovation, you won't have that next product. Mm. that next big product. Mm. But the, the thing or the counter argument to this particular analyst here is that Apple's scale is so enormous that in order to get the R&D value, they may not need to operate at the same percentage as other companies with a lower revenue figure. Mm. Do you see what I'm saying here? Mm. The lump sum figure is still enormous for R&D and they have such a competitive advantage because of their scale that they may not need to spend the same percentage yes. as some of their competitors yeah. on research and development. So it's a tough one. Uh, obviously, Apple is just, it's just a hot conversation around Apple and investing specifically. And this type of content sells right now because of the guys we talked about earlier that are sitting at home. They're trading the stocks. You're ordering the DoorDash. You understand? Use code. Together. Use code Lou later. You get $5. You see, and you probably the five dollars may not be the same amount you earn flipping those stocks, but it's guaranteed. Mm. You see the difference? It's guaranteed with the code later. So, anyways, it is. Uh, it, it, when he says Apple is spending dramatically below peers, it 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 appears he's speaking in a percentage in percentage terms, mm -hmm. and less so in lump sum figure terms. So, anyway, you can go give it a check, mm. check it out. Definitely, when it comes to acquisitions, they're spending less in a lump sum figure. Mm. And sometimes that's a fast-paced way to develop. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you, you go in and you hire, you're essentially hiring talented people when you acquire a bunch, a group of people that are working on something sophisticated. You acquire their technology, you acquire yes. their intellectual property. It's a surefire way, integrate. Mm -hmm. But also sometimes it goes a little haywire. Yeah, teams might not work together. Sometimes things get shut down. It just never works out and never integrates. So... Apple is, uh, it appears to be fairly conservative in that area. Mm -hmm. You told me about this one. There's a new BlackBerry phone coming. Will. With in, 5G. Uh, 2021. A hardware keyboard. Oh. Which it would kind of have to have if you're going to call yourself a BlackBerry and if it's going to be a meaningful thing that anyone's going to pick up in the headlines or pay attention to marketing or get excited about because everything else has been done now. We've seen this every slab, every which way. Mm -hmm. So you won't put the BlackBerry badge. Well, if the market's going to support anything with a BlackBerry badge, it's probably going to be a keyboard because you can't get it anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know if you recall, but BlackBerry, the brand's getting passed around. Mm. It's been getting passed around like a basketball. Raptors are up 102.96 mm. right now. And there's one minute, 12 seconds left. Uh. And as a playoff game, that's game two. So BlackBerry to brand's been getting passed around like the Raptors move the ball. Mm. Except it hasn't worked out. Companies like TCL, the last to be uh, manufacturing devices with the BlackBerry badge on it, they ended the partnership entirely, but it ain't over yet. A Texas startup called Onward Mobility is licensing the brand. It's going to have 5G capability, as mentioned. It's set to launch next year. 
And the details are kind of a bit secretive at the moment, but the CEO of Onward Mobility says it's going to have a top-notch camera. That I find kind of hard to believe, but it's going to have a top-notch camera, a huge security focus. Again, a thing you would think would exist with if you're going to be interested in a BlackBerry. It's going to have some productivity, a productivity focus. The specs will probably fall a bit short from the usual flagship, and pricing is said to be competitive. So they come in at some sort of a budget price, maybe. Device is obviously going to run Android as it would have to. And here's the interesting part. It's going to be built by FIH Mobile, which is a subsidiary of Foxconn. Hmm. So they know how to build things well. Mm -hmm. I mean, we talk about Foxconn fairly frequently here. Yeah, they have the logistics. I heard I heard they even built an iPhone here, oh, yeah. here and there. Yeah. I heard so every so safe. often they spit out an iPhone. Hmm. Here you are. Heard you wanted an iPhone. And so anyways, the 5G BlackBerry device will launch in North America and Europe sometime during the first half of 2021. So anyways, it's a, it's a Texas startup manufacturing via Foxconn. I don't know where that facility will be. That'd be kind of interesting to find out where they do that. But what does it matter? Are they really going to be able to hit volume well? Is BlackBerry going to be able to make a comeback? Is BlackBerry back? Yeah, that's what I thought. That's yeah, what I thought, Will. You're skeptical. You got the skeptical face on. <laughs> 15 seconds left, Will. Raptors 102, Nets 99. 15 seconds oh, left. Boy. I don't know which team has possession of the ball. Netflix is testing a shuffle button because you're tired of picking what to watch. Hmm. I mean, you spend too much time. You're, you're goofing around looking for what to watch. That is true. And it's fun for a bit. And I know it's a meme. It's, I spend more time thinking about what I want to watch than watching things, right? I know it's a meme, but it can actually be frustrating at times too. Yeah. When you're yelling, you're, you're with a group of people and you're yelling at each other. Just put the thing. Yeah. Has that ever happened to you? Yeah, and then uh, you watch five minutes of it, and then one person's just like, hmm, not into it. And then you go back. Yeah, it can be a major headache. So what most people, or hopefully what people will be able to agree upon, is this new feature, which is called Shuffle Play. And this is like old-fashioned channel surfing. Well, you just click Shuffle Play, and it just starts playing stuff. And you can just click Next and Next. It's just shuffling content on Netflix, and it's based on your recommendations because it knows what you liked. Hmm. And maybe all of a sudden you watch something. I don't know. Hmm. Maybe it's better at figuring out what you should be watching than you are. And you would have never, never given some other stuff a chance. I mean, I, I can depend on it, I would say. Why is that? I can't depend on myself to figure you can't. out. No, you no, know, no. It no. just takes too long. Yeah, you, gotta, you better get it together. So yeah. it is currently a test feature. Not every profile is going to show this, but it's going to be a shuffle play button underneath a particular user. If you scroll down on the article, you can see sort of what it looks like. I think this is going to end the number of arguments. It's also been tested with another name called Play Something. And when you get into the actual application, again, if you scroll down to the next image, you see, I like, the, I like Play Something. Mm -hmm. You know what, Netflix? Play Something. Integrated in there pretty nicely. Yeah, but it's not on everybody's account yet, and we're not really, no one's really sure how it's going to roll out, and and maybe people you can go take a look at their Netflix right now and see if they have it. I haven't seen this on mine, at least not the, the last time I checked. Uh, Netflix is saying, I believe, is it Netflix that's saying it? The company's already testing a few potential ways a feature might look, including the Play Something variant that my colleague Julianne Alexander snapped a quick picture of below, but it sounds like it's not just an experiment. The hope is to absolutely productize something, a spokesperson told Variety. The company tells us it's only available so far on TV devices. So TV devices, Apple TV, I don't know. Uh, TVs themselves, smart TVs maybe. Mm. We have to wait and see. Maybe, like I said, people can check it out, see if they have it, and then click on it, and then let me know on Twitter what you're seeing and what kind of stuff's getting suggested to you because I haven't seen the feature yet, but I think this could be a killer feature. I think a lot of people are indecisive when it comes to picking something, especially when it's a group setting. Mm -hmm. when, when you're talking about Netflix, so oftentimes you have a group watching, yep. and at once everybody can agree on something, you just say, all right, click to play something, button, mm -hmm. and you take a chance. It's kind of fun. I don't know, maybe people are just going to be locked at their couches now. Play something could be so good and intelligent. It's giving you all the best stuff. You can't budge. You can't move. Dangerous.
Google Maps will soon show more colors and details for landscapes and streets. I know you're a big Google Maps guy, Will. Oh, yeah. I use it all the time. All the time, right? I mean, it's such an important application and uh, so useful, honestly. I always forget, like, people ask me, oh, what's the app that you you just can't live without? And you would never say Maps. But in reality, life without a mapping application, seem, it could be pretty terrifying. Mm -hmm. It would really be a lot less convenient. Yeah. Yep. Especially if you uh, if you move around, if you explore a little bit. Well, anyways, Google they they haven't uh, they haven't stopped developing maps. They're still working on it, and this new uh, this latest version actually looks pretty cool. They enhanced they did some pretty significant enhancements in how the default map look is able to uh, reflect reality. And so you can see there's some examples here. There's Iceland, and Previously, it was just lacking so much detail about greenery, the forested areas. Uh, the uh, the ice cap is new. You see the the, the biggest ice cap there in Iceland uh, is well represented. You see the difference in in the uh, the landscape, like the what am I trying to say here? The tree tree density, the levels of green, the shades okay. of green, and it's just it's just significantly more detail, obviously. Yes. And in other circumstances, if you head back, you'll see some of the maps previously are, are just missing pieces. Like Morocco, you look at that on the left, you think, oh, that's all desert. Then you look at the new updated one and you say, man, that's a, there's some trees in Morocco. Look at all the vegetation. Huh. You scroll down to the next one and look at that. It wasn't represented at all the top of the mountain here. Mm. And now it's fully represented. And maybe we can go back the snow cap at the top. You see the snow. We can go down to the next one here. And and what's this? You didn't know that Croatia was that green. And then we go down to the next one here. And you see the desert better at the state park there. Yeah. Red Rock State Park. You might have thought you were going for a nice little stroll on some grass previously. And then you get out there and you're like, oh, geez, I'm not prepared for this. Yeah. I got I got to load up more water bottles next time I go. Hmm. And it doesn't end here, though. It's not just these natural features. It's actually uh, adding significant detail to urban settings. And that's actually the next one, which you almost scroll down to there, where in the past you would have less detail around a particular intersection. They would look pretty standard. Now things are popping up on there with far more detail and, and to scale. So you know what to expect as a pedestrian or cyclist. Hmm. And previously they weren't. It wasn't actually exactly to scale. Yeah, By the way. Like uh, it's showing like sidewalks here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so showing sidewalks. It shows that inter intersection yeah. being far bigger than yeah. it is on the not to scale section over there. Mm -hmm. So uh, very exciting times. New colorful representation for landscapes will show up in maps this week. For all users, all I have to do is zoom out to see the new styling. More detailed street maps will be available first in London, New York, and San Francisco in the coming months, and then roll out to all the other cities down the road. So Google Maps, exciting times for Maps users. It continues to improve, and and it's super useful. Mm -hmm. And it only it just got better. By the way, uh, final score here, 104.99 Raptors win. Yes. So that's 2-0 in the series now. Get them. And Willie Do guaranteed it prior to the game today. I said, I said, Will, are they going to win? And they were down at that moment. They were down yeah. by eight. Yeah. And you said, oh, yeah, yeah, they're going to win. And I said, geez, man, that's some serious confidence. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Willie doing his uh, unusual taste, this man has, has not stopped telling me about Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. It's every day I come in. Yeah, right when you come in, there's a video. It's every day playing. on this screen right here. Yeah, I just think I'm just strolling in. I put the lunchbox down. <laughs> the lunchbox. <laughs> <laughs> you don't buy that for a second. And all of a sudden, it's the flight simulator. And Willie Do's having some kind of ASMR experience, watching all the detail and those the, the beautiful sound of the aircraft. And I have my eyes closed. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, <laughs> I'm just lying. Yeah, he's got no shirt on. Oh yeah. Uh all the little dials and things, it's so accurate and detailed mm -hmm. and uh, incredible. And they've just done so much work on it. Now, I know it's a, it's a niche game. It's not for everybody, Will. Mm -hmm. Right? It's, uh, it has a kind of a cult following, and maybe it does become for everybody. I don't know. But it's certainly a different pace than the typical 
game release in 2020. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's a different pace altogether. And I was curious, I think me, you, and Vin were talking about this. If you if you take a flight across the country, do you do it in real time? Is that four hours of your day or five hours of your day? It's an incredible thing to consider. But the graphics and the detail and the streets and the maps and the airports and everything, it's it's really a serious feat of engineering here and development, more importantly. Yes. And I can see you, you just brighten right up looking at this footage. It's so relaxing. You just brighten right up. Yeah, it's great. Well, funny enough, Will, you're not alone. Believe it or not, this is the highest scored PC game of the year. Metacritic, it's got a 94. I believe it. All right, it beats Half-Life. Is it Alex or Alex? Alex. It beats Half-Life Alex, which was a 93. That's insane. You played that as well. Yeah. And the only other game that ties it is The Last of Us Part Two, which oh, you also yeah. played. And then this particular writer here, he goes on to say, well, this is a, not going to satisfy The Last of Us crowd because it's so different. But funny enough, that was your game as well. Uh -huh. So maybe it is the same group of people potentially, mm -hmm. even at the different pace. Although, to be fair, you're more into watching the content than playing the game. Will you play the game, The Flight Simulator? Um, you're you're absolutely right. I do like watching this type of game because mm. it's so complex, mm. and I don't even have the equipment. Maybe mm -hmm. like a flight mm -hmm. stick. Mm -hmm. But maybe yeah. one day you, you'll take on a hobby. Maybe one day. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, this yeah, this game is is really fun to watch, and I'm sure it's fun to play. Just gotta. This franchise is way is old. It's decades old. The franchise. When did it start? Can we get a I just remember as a kid seeing the the package on the shelf, some of the early computer stores I would go to. The original fr Flight Simulator came out when? Uh, I, I 30, feel like 37, 37, years, 37 ago. years ago. 1982. 1982. It's insane how long this thing's been going. And the, the, the enthusiasm around, around playing it and the people who are part of that group. And so here's the crazy part. This is, of course, a Microsoft exclusive. Mm. And we had the whole conversation around how Microsoft lost Halo Infinite for the launch of the Xbox Series X. Mm -hmm. And sure, this is a PC game, and the vast majority of people who would want to play this are going to be on PC, and I don't even know if it could run on an Xbox Series X. Mm. But here you could have a little weird niche exclusive, highly rated pop up alongside that brand new console as some sort of weird uh, edge or exclusive that you can't get on Sony. Yeah. Is that possible? They can launch it uh, for free on uh, Game Pass. Game Pass is another one. You know, and then... Uh, but I just feel like it's, it would take some horsepower to run this thing, just from what I've seen. Oh, yeah, for sure. But maybe you could toggle back the the uh, qu quality yeah. of it a little bit, the... Uh, some of the, the gra graphical features so that it could be playable on, on an Xbox or on, uh, or on mobile. But either way, it's, uh, it's definitely got an, a loyal following. It blew up out of nowhere. It started showing up in my suggestions because somehow our algorithms are linked. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everything we say is being picked up and everything else. But go check it out if you haven't yet. You may have a euphoric experience just watching some dude slowly fly some jet somewhere. Mm -hmm. In Go check it out. Simulated form. Totally recommend it. Company here called Charge ASAP crowdfunded a 200-watt GAN USB-C power brick can charge up to four devices simultaneously. 200-watt. Oh, yeah. We're getting it. Oh, are we? Yeah. I talked to these guys. Now you're brightening up again twice in a row, two stories in a row. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. I'm glowing. So this one is a beast, obviously. It's available in... Two variants. They say it can fit in your pocket. There's a 100-watt and a 200-watt. $45, 200 watt at $75. 100-watt, 45, 200-watt, 75. The, it's going to feature multiple USB ports, obviously. They say you can charge two laptops at the same time. And the battleground for the ultimate charger is heating up because companies rumored to not be including any charger at all in the upcoming flagship smartphones. Samsung and Apple both came out and said, hey, we might not... Or, or at least the rumor is they might not include chargers in the box. So everyone's saying, well, what will my charger be? 
And many obviously think it could be this one because they've gone ahead and funded it way beyond the goal of $10,000 on Kickstarter. They raised half a million. So people are obviously interested in it. Charge ASAP claims that its pocketable Omega USB-C wall adapter is the world's first and smallest 200-watt gallium nitride charger. It's a Sydney-based startup, and they've been doing power-related accessories for a while. The charger's two USB-C power delivery 3.0 ports can each output 100 watts to charge two laptops simultaneously, and then there's also two times USB-A ports. So you got the old-fashioned A ports or the C ports. It's completely up to you, whichever charging protocol you, you prefer. And the really, the truly exciting part, Will, is that the unique charge protocols for uh, Qualcomm, OnePlus, Huawei, mm -hmm. they're also supported, which those are hard to find. And I was under the impression that they were proprietary. So if you look at that image there of these charge bricks, you see the VOOC Plus indicator mm -hmm. which and and the quick charge 3.0 indicator it's incredible so this could be the one charger to rule them all i'm a little bit concerned i'll be honest with you it's a lot of power it's a lot of heat yes they claim they got a heat sink in there they claim they sorted it all out and it seems pretty small and portable exactly 200 watts is wild so i've been a charger guy for a while i get excited about weird things this uh, fits in that category of weird things I'm excited about. So I'm glad you that you have it on the way. We'll showcase it on Unbox Therapy. Maybe we'll talk about it on this show. And we'll find out if it does what it claims to do. And if it is the ultimate universal charger you're going to want to put in your pocket. Charge ASAP. Transparent solar panels for Windows have hit a record of 8% efficiency. I don't know if you knew this, Will, but you can... You could just turn glass into solar panels. You could just have all the glass on all the skyscrapers. They could be solar panels, and you could be generating some power out of that. Do you just plug it into, like, a battery? That's that all. how it works? Yeah, you just put the window in. You just... Yeah. It's that simple. No, it's very complicated. It's incredibly oh, complex, okay. actually. But it is currently that energy, a lot of that energy is wasted. And, in fact, a lot of that energy is in... in uh, uh, what, what did I want to say? It's It's filtered. A lot of that energy is filtered on purpose because of heat problems. So you're in a big skyscraper and you have the sun blaring in. You're you're getting killed in there. Mm -hmm. Now you got you got the air conditioning costs because all the heat is transferring through. Mm -hmm. So already you're down in the city, Will, and you're noticing the tint on all the skyscrapers. Mm. So there's already some of this activity happening, but it's still all that energy is lost, even though it's filtered. Whatever light is making it through that tint. So what they're saying is if it's going to have a tint to it anyways for that purpose, what if we could capture some of the energy inside of the glass and, and to totally transform these urban, these urban uh, spaces? Now, this, again, it's not easy to do. The team achieved 8.1% efficiency and 43.3% transparency. So you have to do both, Will, because it still has to be a window. If all of a sudden you slap just regular old solar panels on the skyscraper, no one can see out. They say, well, that ain't no good. Yeah. They still want a window. So you have 8.1% efficiency, 43.3% transparency. That might be okay with you catching your views on your lunch break. You might be fine with that out the side of the, the uh, high-level office that you have up there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You might be okay with that. Corner office. So windows are on the face of every building. It could be a great opportunity to increase the efficiency of these enormous buildings. And the big breakthrough here is has to do with light utilization efficiency. This is how much energy from the light hitting the window is available, either as electricity or transmitted light on the interior side. Previously, this stuff has capped out at two to 3%, but this in indium tin oxide cell, indium tin oxide is rated at 3.5, and the silver version has a light utilization of 5%. So there's there's been room for improvement, essentially, to do a better job of this. Because as you might imagine, you actually you would probably have to hit some level of efficiency where if you were to do a cost-benefit analysis, it would actually make sense. Because mm -hmm. going in there and retrofitting oh, an entire skyscraper with this stuff, plus it has a lifespan, has like a 10-year lifespan, you'd have to be able to make the case and say on paper, like, here's how you're going to get paid back. Right. 
and and here's what the efficiency looks like in exchange for the costs associated with the manufacturing. And if you don't have that, it can actually be a tremendous waste mm -hmm. because the energy invested in building the thing, installing the thing, if you're not going to get it. Maintenance and all. Yeah, maintenance, you, you're not going to get it back. It actually could turn out to be more wasteful than what you had in the first place. Right. And that's been a problem for solar in certain climates for a while that don't have the right conditions. Mm -hmm. So it's cool. It probably has a way to go, but they are improving at a pretty decent pace. They've got to this 8% efficiency level. So who knows? Maybe in the future, we have this uh, really high-tech glass that's turning sunlight into power, and you can see through it. You can still catch your views. Mm -hmm. uh, SpaceX shared a pretty cool little video, which was then tweeted as well by Elon Musk. They, uh, they caught some falling payload from a recent satellite launch in a boat you got to, well, you know what? Just play the clip, but go down to Elon's tweet. I don't know what that clip is. Yeah, this is this is wonderful. Oh. Do we have audio, by the way? We do. Okay, so play it with a little bit of audio, if you don't mind. Listen to this. I mean, it almost doesn't seem real. So here's the payload coming down, and it's got a parachute, and you have the lounge music going, which is, I mean, I'm super relaxed. This is kind of remind me of Flight Simulator right now. Yeah. And here comes the boat with a gigantic net. It has to time everything correctly. It has to know where this thing is entering. It has to know where it needs to be in the ocean to collect this. It has to line it up accordingly. And as you see, and time, like the timing, because the thing is floating, you got to know the rate at which it's falling. And look at how beautiful That's it is. That's almost dead center. I mean, he nailed it. He, she nailed it. Everybody nailed it. Whoever's involved. Yeah. And the reason that this is important, Will, because they want to reuse these things. Those are expensive. That little piece right there is called it is called uh, a payload fairing and that is a shroud that protects satellites during launch you know that they're launching all these satellites for the for the uh, starlink mm -hmm. setup up there they're going to do like 10,000 they want to do more they want to do like 30,000 i think they only have like 600 right now something like that mm -hmm. and but anyway when you launch them up there you got this leftover stuff you and and it's really expensive that things worth 6 million bucks you want to collect it and reuse it mm -hmm. Uh, and if you let it hit the water, which some of them have in the past, then you got to refurbish them. The water is salty and minerals. Uh. Refurbish it. It's a very expen expensive procedure, far more expensive and time-consuming than just collecting the thing like this, mm -hmm. which seems kind of wild because you're like, well, you got to get the boat out there and the net, and that's got to cost a few bucks too. But the thing it's catching is six million bucks. Yeah. That's, yeah. that That's a that's a nice transfer. So, uh, it evens out. Outside of the content, which I think is brilliant marketing, all of a sudden I love SpaceX because I'm just watching this video yeah. with the song and the Elon tweet. And by the way, the tweet, it's 5.4 million views. So mm. don't forget the commercial you're getting out of this wonderful transaction here, mm. which is a, it's a beautiful piece of organic content right there. And let's just get a quick refresh on the tune as well, if you don't mind. Mm. I mean, listen to that. I, I don't know about you, but I want to just approve. I just want to allow... SpaceX to launch as many satellites as they want mm. because I feel like this is such a gentle procedure and I, I can't no one harmed hey, humanity is fine and we're progressing and it's Good very uh, very optimistic so right. anyways uh, check out the clip if you haven't seen it I promise you will immediately uh, feel better mm. no matter where you're no matter what you're feeling right now oh if you really want to feel better though you need to watch this clip we have a brand new launch video you had the wrong article there we have a a new launch video for the 2021 ram 1500 trx oh where are you going right now <laughs> i gotta get the article no no no. you just you'll just find it it's on motorauthority.com you'll just find it don't worry and 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 i blame the website i don't blame you well just go up Is there and type 2021 in their search oh. 2021 ram 1500 trx launch yeah, you got it. Don't worry, Will. I get it together here. That's an ad. You got to just go past the ads. It's all right. Just go past the ads. This one? Yeah, there you go. This is this is the launch edition of the truck, which we talked about on the previous show. This is a ridiculous 702 horsepower Ford Raptor killer. 100 miles an hour on any surface is the claim that they make. And they're going to do a launch version, which is even more money. It's $92,000, but it's going to have all the options on it. Mm -hmm. An exclusive paint color. 
I want to get the name of this paint color because it's a really cool. How would what would you call that paint color? Well, if you had to name that paint color, what would you call it? If you work for the manufacturer and you're going to put out this limited edition and and that was going to be the paint color, what would you call it? Something cool like uh, Terran teal or something. Terran teal. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I didn't expect yeah. that. It's called Anvil Gray. Oh, okay. You're not happy about that. That one's cool. Yeah. Uh, so you're going to get an early build slot if you get this launch edition, and you're also going to get the level two equipment group. It will add carbon fiber interior trim, red accent stitching, a heads-up display, beadlock capable wheels, a dual pane panoramic sunroof, body graphics, and a 19-speaker Harman Kardon sound system. You will also get this plaque in the middle of uh, the middle console there. This will be in there showing your VIN number and the fact that you have one of only 702 of the TRX launch edition. Now, I do need to request something from you here, Will. Mm. This is all very exciting, but what I want you to do is scroll up to the video and give us a little bit of the video. And I hope Ram just lets us use it because I really want people to experience a little bit of this. So just let's do a small taste over here. Should we go full screen? Yeah, do you have some audio for us as well? All right, hold on. Yeah, this is, it's, uh, I mean, this is going to get you fired right up. I feel like we, do we have audio there? We have audio. We have audio. We need a little bit more. Here we go. Yes. I mean, there, look at this. They're in the desert over here. It's a, the song is Mr. Sandman. And this thing is just going to destroy the sand. Look at that beast right there. Look at that speed on the dirt. You just hit the button over here. The big lights. I mean, if you don't feel mean in that thing, I don't know what's going to do it for you. You know what? You know what's going to happen, Will? What's that? The song is going to kill us, not the video. I know. I had to turn it down. You turn it down? Sorry, everyone. Oh, they're not hearing the song right now? No. Oh, they're not even hearing the song right now. Only at the beginning. Okay, Maybe you can go watch the clip because Will did the yeah. smart thing and realized there's no way we're going to be able to play the song. But, I mean, what you have, <laughs> power <laughs> other trucks can only dream of. The 702 horsepower TRX, the power has shifted. So this is a shot. They just took a shot at Ford, and they said, we're the new we're the new guys now. Now, Ford, they're not going to stop working. They're going to do something with the Raptor. Obviously, we have electric trucks coming out that are going to be really powerful as well. But as far as just sheer power, horsepower, 702 is the new champ. Mm. And they're saying the power has shifted. It's us now. It's TRX. We put a bunch of work in. Go beat this thing up on the, uh, on the back roads. Uh, hit the gas. I mean, they showed a speedometer how many times. It's all very visceral. Yeah. All of a sudden, you want a truck. You didn't want a truck. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're like, what am I doing driving on roads? I should be out there in wherever that is, Utah or Arizona or wherever that is. That's where I should be mm. with a TRX and just with the sun setting yeah. and the dirt flying. In my launch edition. Sounds great. One of 702. Because hmm. of 702 horsepower.